Good morning. It's always a pleasure to be with this group. Um, as I've said in the past, many of you have been active participants in our ministry, whether you've attended a training, you use our resources, or you've served on one of our committees or our board of directors. Um, two, I can think of right offhand is Rex Eatman served on our board for years, and Taylor Gardner was our board chair for years, and we're very thankful for their service. They were fellow team members, and I know a number of you have been active as well. So it's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Larry sends his um, regrets that he was not able to come. Um, he would have been here come, um, as they say, hell or high water, but uh, he did not want to share the, uh, the, uh, the COVID virus with you, the gift that keeps on giving, apparently. So he wanted to spare you guys from that. But we do hope you get to attend our 50th anniversary dinner, um, April the 22nd. And I want to make it clear that the 50th anniversary is not something that's celebrating me or Larry or even Avantel as an organization, what we're celebrating is the work the Lord has done. The Lord has done through our ministry uh, and, the, and the people that have come to know Jesus and the believers that have been freed up to tell others about Jesus. That's the primary focus, giving all glory to where it belongs, and that's the Lord. So we really hope that you guys can come just to celebrate that with us because that's our number one goal for the event. It's not about us. It's about what God has done. And we're just thankful because of his grace that he's chosen to uh, use Avantel uh, to spread his kingdom. And so we're very thankful for that. Um, the text that, we're going, that I'm going to teach out of today is very short. It's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 18. And it's just two verses. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. It says, Then Peter approached Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? Jesus replied, I tell you, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. May God add his blessings to the reading and the teaching of his word. Um, this is a message that I presented to my men's Bible study uh, a few weeks ago, and a message that I shared with a dear friend uh, over lunch, impromptu, not planned, uh, when we met up in my hometown, or near my hometown of Cleveland, Tennessee. Now, whenever I go back to Cleveland, and I hadn't been in two years because of COVID, um, I always love meeting my friends for lunch. Though, And I had not seen this particular friend for over a decade. He's in, he was in ministry as well, and he was living all over the United States. So I had not seen this guy in over 10 years. And we met. Um, in the middle, he lived in Knox. He lives in Knoxville. Our hometown is near Chattanooga, so we met in the middle, middle of a little in a little town called Sweetwater. And Sweetwater is just a tiny little town in Tennessee. And the number of streetlights you can you can count on one hand. Very small town. 
And as we met, you know, it, when you haven't seen someone in a while, you, you, you'll make, um, you'll greet them, but then you'll start doing the roll call. Well, what about so-and-so? Have you seen him? Or how's so-and-so doing? And, and of course, we began to do that. This guy comes from a very large family, so I started with his family, members that I had known. And one after another, he said, I don't see them anymore. And I said, well, why? And he would say, well, they did me wrong. We'd go to the next person. Well, they really hurt me about three years ago. And I don't talk to them anymore. So after we were done with this family, we started to talk about friends that we had in common. And believe it or not, one after another, we would mark them off the list. Because in some way, they had wronged him, hurt him, or done him dirty. Until we finally, and these were good people. Some of these people were missionaries. Even our former youth pastor was in the doghouse. Until finally we got down to the end, and the one guy, the former recreation minister that we had, he said, well, he's the one guy that, that, that I'm still friends with. And in that moment, I just sat there, and, and, and I stared at him, not in judgment, but I just sat, sat there. And I thought, this guy's not only carrying memories around with him, he's carrying hurt, he's carrying remorse, he's carrying even some bitterness and some anger around with him. And it reminded me of a true story I heard about a man walking his dog, a big Rottweiler, big dog. And he's walking it down, and, he, and in this true story, he decides to go into 7-Eleven. Now, he can't bring the big Rottweiler into 7-Eleven. So he ties it to a bench, and he goes in to get a drink because it was one of these hot Texas afternoons. Well, he comes out of 7-Eleven, and guess what? The dog is gone. And all of a sudden, he hears a commotion to his left. He looks up the street, and there is the dog chasing a car. And you may think, well, what happened? He was tied to the bench. He was dragging the bench with him. Everywhere the dog went, the bench was with him. So it was drag it, the dog was dragging the bench, but the bench was dragging the dog because the dog was just kind of running in slow motion. But it reminded me of that dog. And you know what? Some of us are like that dog. Some of this, just as the dog was tethered to the bench, some of us are going through life tethered to something. Um, it could be bitterness. It could be anger. It could be unresolved hurt in your life because of what someone has, has done to you. And you're dragging it around everywhere you go. You can't escape it. Everywhere you go, it follows. And it's dragging you down. You may not realize it, but it's dragging you down. You're not able to operate as you should be able to operate because you're dragging this emotional baggage around. Now, the key that unleashes us, that gets us untethered from all that stuff, is the key of forgiveness. The key of forgiveness. Now, I used to think that this whole passage about where Jesus says, forgive your brother 70 times 7, used to blow my mind. Because I thought, 
Um, forgiveness is, you just need to sweep things under the rug, suck it up, and move on. And other times I would think of it as, you know, well, gosh, God, if I keep forgiving people, I'm just giving them a license to hurt me over and over and over again. Um, I just couldn't believe that Jesus was actually prescribing this that many times. Isn't just giving someone carte blanche a license to hurt me over and over again? But what I came to realize is that's not the primary definition of forgiveness. That's, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. Forgiveness simply means to release. It means to release someone. I'm turning my right to retribution. I'm turning over my right to be judge, jury, and even in some cases executioner, over to God where it belongs. I'm letting it go. I'm not necessarily letting the person off the hook, but do you know what I'm doing? I'm giving the hook to God and saying, God, I trust you to handle this in whatever way you want to handle it. And God, I'm not even going to coach you. You know, some of us think it's about handing over to God and say, all right, God, you sock it to them. You give it to them full force. No, I'm giving it to God and saying, God, whatever Whatever you want to do, you handle it. I'm taking my eye, I'm taking my hands and my eyes off of this, and I'm turning it over to you. And you may say, well, even if I do that, David, can't the person still hurt, hurt me? There's a difference between forgiving someone and trusting them. There's a big difference between forgiving someone and trusting them. You can forgive someone in a split second and saying, God, I'm just handed over to you. But sometimes it takes days, weeks, months, or even years for you to rebuild trust with that person. And you may have to draw boundaries with the people that you actually forgive before the Lord. So you see, forgiveness is released it's a transaction I have with the Lord that takes place before any transaction with the other person. And did you know you can forgive someone without them even acknowledging that they've hurt you? You can. Because you're just, even if the person has passed away and you're no longer able to talk to them, you can say, God, I'm still going to hand this over to you. And I'm still going to give my right to retribution or judgment over to you. Whether or not they acknowledge it, whether or not they receive it, whether or not they can, they're even on this earth anymore. You can still have that transaction with God and hang it, handing it over to Him. Now I'm going to go into that just a little more in just a few minutes. Now some of us say, well, David, do I have to forgive? You know, we kind of, when we think about forgiving someone, we're kind of like, ah, all right, if God said so, I guess I'll do it. As if forgiveness were some kind of burden 
Well, let me tell you something. Forgiveness is not a burden. Do you know what it is? It's a blessing. Let me get, it's going to be real short this morning. Let me give you four blessings that we receive from forgiveness. That when we turn loose of it and we hand it over to God, let me give you four quick blessings that we get from it. Number one, we get relief. We get relief. You know why? Because we're not designed to carry all of that bitterness and resentment around. We're just not designed to carry it around. Um, I've given this illustration years before in this class, but I'm going to come back to it. Um, my dad um, was kind you know, he, he, when he did yard work or when he did um, any kind of thing involving chemicals, he wasn't the safest person to be around. Sometimes when he was cleaning things, he would mix different chemicals and make his own concoction and then store those chemicals in whatever container he can find, including milk jugs and things like that. And he'd just label it, you know, cleaning whatever. And so one day he did that, and it was an especially powerful mixture. And I can remember him taking the funnel and pouring the liquid in to the milk jug and set it on the shelf in the garage. We went in, we slept. The next day we came out, and guess what? It wasn't there. And all that was left was a little bit of the top and a whole big red stain on the bottom of the floor. Do you know why that happened? Because that chemical ate through that milk jug and was all over the place now. And do you know why that happened? Because that milk jug was not designed to carry the liquid that he put in it. And in the same way, you and I are not designed to carry around resentment, to carry around bitterness, to carry around that wanting to be judge, jury, and executioner. That's why in Romans 12, 19, it says, don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, God says it is mine to avenge. I will, re I will repay, says the Lord. Because God is the only one that's qualified um, to handle it if you turn it over to him. And if you don't hand it over to him, do you know what it's going to do? Just like that plastic jug, it's going to eat you from the inside out. Number one, it gives you relief. And by the way, I just saw Barbara Williams. Hey, Barbara. Barbara was on our HR committee for years, so good to have you here. Um, it gives you relief. Number two, it gives you freedom. It gives you freedom. Nursing a grudge and holding something over someone's head, it th we think it gives us power. <laughs> it does just the opposite. It puts us under the power of the grudge. It, we think it, we control it. It actually controls us. Have you ever heard the phrase, he's nursing a grudge? You ever heard that? He's nursing a grudge. What does a nurse do when she comes into someone and they're in the bed in a hospital? That nurse's attention is fully focused on that patient. She's taking care of him. She, you know, that, she, he, that patient is the nurse's sole focus. And you know what? When we nurse a grudge and we hold on to bitterness and resentment, do you know what happens? Just like that nurse, it takes our full attention. It may be in the back of our mind, 
but it's always in the forefront of our priorities. Turning it over to God will give you freedom. It frees your mind, it frees your emotions, and it frees your outlook. So handing it over to God and forgiving gives you relief. It gives you freedom. Number three, it gives you focus. It gives you focus because when we nurse the grudge, guess what? It's like the instant replay on TV. You play it over and over in your mind, how you were wronged and you feel it. Have you ever had something play over and over in your mind? And when it plays over and over as you remember it, you can still feel the pain just like it's happening right now. Um, we need to forgive because that will hand it over to the Lord. We then are free to focus on the things that really matter. Because you know what? Studies have shown that the mind can only really think about one thing at a time. Now, I know some of your men, you men have your wives convinced that you're able to read the paper or read a magazine while she's talking to you, and you can focus on both things. No, it's impossible. You're, you may be good at faking it, but you can only focus on one thing. When we nurse a grudge or we hold resentment, that steals our attention away from things that really matter. To be present in the moment and to uh, make ourselves available to God. To serve other people. To share the gospel. To be praying and saying, how can I bless this person today? How can I help this person today? If your mind is back there with the grudge, you're not going to be, be thinking about that. Turning the whole thing over to God frees your mind and really makes you a better servant of the Lord because you're able to give Him your full attention. You're able to give the person that you're with your full attention. It gives you relief, freedom, focus. And oh, and by the way, with focus, it, it, it's, um, it also, when you give it over to the Lord, it allows you to see your own self in the situation. What I mean by that is sometimes when we focus on how we've been hurt and the sin that other peoples have committed against us, it makes us spiritually far-sighted, where we clearly see the sins of others, but we are ignore our own sins. And so it's, we're able to see our own sins clearly, maybe even the sins we committed in the initial conflict we had with that person. It frees us up to focus on that. Just wanted to slip that in. But number four, and this is my favorite, forgiving someone allows us and gives us the power to love. It gives us the power to love and the power to love others unconditionally. It gives us the power to love our enemies as Christ commanded. And you know what? When you love your enemies, that's true power. That is true power. <clears throat> I think of a particular relative that I had that um, did some things that really hurt me very early in life. And I nursed a grudge for years against this person until one brother in Christ finally walked me through what forgiveness really was. And I had to forgive this, you know, I forgave him, but then I had to forgive him in my mind over and over because the hurt kept coming back. 
But eventually I got over it and I was able to release the whole thing to the, to the Lord. And now, do you know what? Whenever I'm around the person, I, can, I really have experienced what grace really means. I can love them regardless of the offhand crazy things that they say, the political comments they make, the hurtful things that would have hurt in the past. Guess what? Those things have no power over me anymore. And I'm just, I, I can't explain it. It's supernatural. You're able to love someone regardless of how they act, even if they haven't said they're sorry, even if they haven't come to you and acknowledged what they've done. Try, believe me, from my experience, it, you're able to love them regardless of that and saying, because you know what, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to deal with them. I'm trusting you to make things right. I can let it all go. And it really frees you up to love the person, but it also helps you, frees you up to love other people. Have you ever been around someone uh, that, that, that may be angry at somebody else and it has nothing to do with you, but you can tell they're on edge? You're like, what's eating them? Well, what's wrong with them? It kind of makes them, you know, like, a, like, like an emotional porcupine. Like everything, you know, they're very sensitive about things. Turning it over to God frees you up not only to love the person that did you wrong, it also helps you love other people because you don't have an account of what everybody has done against you. You've let all that go, given it to God. And uh, He's given you so relief, freedom, focus to focus on the right things, the Lord and what He wants you to do. And then finally, the power to love. And in closing, my exhortation is, is this to you. Don't drag forgiveness and uh, don't drag unforgiveness and bitterness into 2023 like that dog dragged that bench everywhere he goes. Let it go. Use forgiveness and get with the Lord. And it may take you more than one time. It may take you 50 times with the Lord to just turn it over to Him and give it to him. And the other thing is, man, I don't know about you, but when God calls me home and I'm standing in front of the Lord Jesus and, and I see all that Jesus has prepared for me in heaven and all that he's given me by his grace and how he's forgiven me, do you know what? I don't want to take one iota, one iota of unforgiveness or bitterness into heaven with me. I don't want to take any of it because why would I want to do that? Because the scripture says, forgive others as what? God forgave you. Oh my gosh. I would not want to do that. Not that it would affect my salvation, but I don't want to go see my Savior who readily forgave me through His grace with any unforgiveness in my heart. Forgive, let it go, give it to God because He is the only one qualified to judge the situation. And if the person at all needs to be dealt with, trust me on this, God can handle it much, much better than you or me could ever handle it. And, and really, it just boils down to a matter of trust. Do you trust God enough to handle it? Do you trust God Enough to say, here you go, God. I'm giving it over to you. I'm taking my hands off of it. I'm backing away from it. And I trust you to take care of it 
and I'm going to let it go. Do you trust God enough to do that? Trust me, He is more than He is more than able to handle the situation and to provide you with relief because you're not designed to carry that around to give you freedom to allow you to focus on the things that really matter and finally to give you the power to love others just as Christ loves you with grace and with that agape type of love amen amen let's pray God thank you so much for your goodness uh, thank you, Lord, for your just the grace that you have shown us um, and the forgiveness that you have given us because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross and the fact that he rose from the dead on our behalf, Lord, as our Savior and Lord. God, thank you for that. Lord, you are big enough and you are most capable to handle any hurts that we have, any injustices that we have experienced, God, you are more than enough to, and more powerful enough to take care of all those, God. Thank you for this word that Christ gave Peter that you're giving to us now, that we can forgive, and we can forgive multiple, multiple times because we can trust you to handle it in the right way and in the right manner, God. And we can let it go and just focus knowing that you've got our back and that you will see us through. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for being our precious Father. And I pray, God, you would give us instances, even now and into this week, and bring people to mind, Lord, that we may need to forgive. We may need to deal with this with you, God, with anything that we have. Because, God, we do not want to approach you at all. Uh, when we see you face to face with anything, any kind of thing we're holding over anybody else's head, because God, you were gracious enough not to hold anything over our head because of what Jesus has done for us. Thank you for this day, God, and thank you for the beauty of your creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, David. Hey, may the, until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.